0: All right, friends, welcome uh, to this day um, on this uh, wonderful uh, day as we continue on uh, with our study in the book of Genesis, Uh, Genesis uh, chapter one, verses 24 to also chapter two, verses three. Again, if you missed out on our previous lectures, please uh, go to our YouTube cha- YouTube channel, like, subscribe, and make sure you're up to date. But everything is archived. Remember, here at Faith Lutheran Church in Park, California, we probably have around four or five videos every week, so um, we have that buffet style, the fire hydrant style, where we just continue to pump it out there for you because we know how important the word is for you. So please uh, uh whether you listen to one or two or maybe once in a while, uh please check that scri- subscribe and bell and and make sure that you're notified for every video that is updated because well, uh we we come up with quite a few every week. So uh, please join us for those and uh it's good it's good to see you here today as we continue to study God's word. Um yes. Also Sunday, make sure if you are at home uh, to join us live here at 9 uh, or at 8 a.m. Pacific Standard Time for our live service uh, this week about a um, great text we have. A very interesting one, but a great humbling one that literally brings us to nothing, but also to only Christ. So anyways, uh, without much further ado, <laughs> let, us, let us begin here. Uh, with a word of prayer. Dear Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for your grace, that you have created us, that you sustain us, that you lead us by your very word. Lord, we know that in your Son, Jesus Christ, our Savior, you have restored us, and that you have given us life in your name. Bless us in your holy rest, and sanctify us by your word alone. For all these things, we are thankful. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, so today... Um, I know um, I'm recording this quite early today um, just to kind of, with my mind fresh, you know, peak condition uh, to knock it out and get it done and, and make sure that I cover all the bases. You know, sometimes when I do it later in, in the day, I get a little cloudy because I'm, you know, after some study, you know, prepping for Bible studies and sermons, you, know, you get a little brain fog. So Hopefully, this will give you. Hopefully, I'll add a. There'll be an added punch here uh, to my uh, teaching. We'll see how it goes. All right. Genesis 1, 24 to, uh, two, to also 2 3. Uh, and we continue on with the sixth day of creation, the sixth day. Now, the sixth day is, well, beginning with uh, verse 24, but also. Um. Uh, continues on all the way here uh, through, I think, verse, uh, what is it, verse 31, all right? So this is all kind of together in a sense of uh, what God made. Now, last week we talked about the aquatic, the marine animals according to their kinds. Now, in verse 24 and 25, if you could read this together, if you have your Bible out, Genesis 1, and that is the first book of the Bible, it reads this. Um, And God said, remember, God said, He breathed life into this world. Let the earth bring forth living creatures according to their kinds, livestock and creeping things, and beasts of the earth according to their kinds. And so, and it was so. And God made the beasts of the earth according to their kinds and the livestock according to their kinds and everything that creeps on the ground according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. Again, simple stuff here in a sense of God's order, right? He goes from, uh, remember that, the expanse to the separating of waters to the dry land to now the aquatic marine animals, right? Uh, to the birds of the air and now to the livestock uh, to the dry land. Um, and, and he will follow, uh, and, and of course, and, and this is the picture of how God's order is done. His perfect design, as it reads in the Bible, and it was good. Right? This was all good. This was ordered by God, and in his time, in his place, in his schedule, God made the world in this way. right? And this is all for you. This is all for us. Right? As we talk about dominion in a little bit, but remember, according to its kind, remember this is uh, fish will be fish, cows will be cows, sheep will be sheep right there 's no jumping over kinds in a sense of uh, uh, species right in a sense of going from a kangaroo to a to a bird right um, but according to their kinds. Uh, This is what God had given uh, to the world. Okay, now verse 26. Let us, right? Let us, if we could read that together. Then God said, let us make in our image after our likeness. Or sorry, let us make man in our own image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Let us... A picture of... The Holy Trinity, right? Sorry, it should be uppercase. Let us... And... Uh, you know, this us points to, again, uh, we, we speak of the Father and the Holy Spirit there in the beginning of creation, and we know that Jesus was there as well in John chapter 1. Uh, in the beginning was the Word, right? Everything was made through Him. Um, a glimpse of the Holy Trinity here um, as, as He is the Alpha and the Omega, our Lord is. Um, but also we see um, in Genesis 11, remember the story of Babel, making a name for themselves, building this tower. And what does the Lord say? Let us. Right? Let us go down and separate them. Let us. Again, a picture of the Holy Trinity. So again, this shows the deity of who our Lord is, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, us, plural, and and there it is uh, uh, reinforced to us in Genesis 11, John 1, Genesis 1, and and this is uh, who is doing the work. Let us make man in our own image, after our likeness. Now, when we talk about the perfect man, uh, this is... uh, What's the word? It's profoundly foreign to us. I mean, we can always describe the perfection of man or, or made in the image of God. We, we, we can try to do that <coughs> in the best of our um, abilities. But I think, um, as I think about it more and more, um, how, in our fallen mind, how profoundly difficult that is to really see what this creative act of God, how this image of God in man, uh, what it really looked like. And, you know, I brought out my, um, my Luther's uh, Genesis, uh, his, his lectures on Genesis, and it says right here on page 6-2, and I just wanted to read this for you, right? It says right here... Um, Therefore, the image of God, this is page 62 if you have it, therefore the image of God according to which Adam was created was something far more distinguished and excellent, since obviously no leprosy of sin adhered either to his reason or to his will. Think about that. I mean, that's the perfect image, oneness with God. There is no sin in his reason or his will. I mean, I though I try and you try our best to be the purest persons we can be, right? Let's say we could try that. We very well know um, clearly that there is that sin that creeps in us because we were born into sin. But just imagine that, right? Adam, made, right, by God, Without the leprosy of sin in his reason or his will. Okay, continuing. Both his inner and his outer sensations were all of the purest kind. His intellect was the clearest, his memory was the best, and his will was the most straightforward. All in the most beautiful tranquility of mind, without any fear of death and without any anxiety. Any fear of death. We live in the COVID times. We know what this has brought to the table for many people. Right? For all of us, uh, there are many fears in this life. Uh, Fear of spiders. (laughs) Right? Arachnophobia, John Goodman, remember that movie? Uh, uh, Fear of snakes, I don't know about you, but when I see a snake, no way. Uh, But also anxiety, worry, panic. Right? I mean, this is Adam without all those things. I mean, just think about God's creation, right? Luther continuing. I am fully convinced that before Adam's sin, his eyes were so sharp and clear that they surpassed those of the lynx and eagle. He was stronger than the lions and the bears whose strength is very great, and he handled them the way we handle puppies both the loveliness and the quality of the fruits he used as food were also far superior to what they are now. So this is the the, the picture, right? But again, but after the fall, death crept like leprosy into all our perceptive powers so that with our intellect, we cannot even understand that image. So, my point, the theme here, the leprosy of sin. I love how Luther talks about sin, right? Because it's that damaging. Like Leprosy is something that we cannot cure ourselves. Leprosy is something that is, uh, by human strength, cannot be uh, uh, cured. And there, uh, when we talk about sin, the same way. Image. Before the fall, as I just described there for you, perfect intellect. I mean, handling big bears as puppies. Trust me, I, I just went to, the, uh, to a trip uh, uh, to Yellowstone, and, and they were selling bear spray, right? Because bears are ferocious. And when you see a bear, I just, I don't really know what you're supposed to do. <laughs> but, uh, uh, but I'm sure um, when you see a bear, it's kind of a scary moment there, right? So when we think about the, 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 the picture of God creating man in his own image, I mean, this is profoundly foreign to us. No anxiety, no fear of death, perfect intellect, all-powerful, right? I mean, I, I cannot... When we think of having no anxiety at all, worry, panic at all, I mean, just imagine that. I mean, just imagine it. It sounds good, right? But can we really paint a picture of what that really looks like in our fallen flesh? You know ever since the fall, as Luther wrote right there, but after the fall, death crept like leprosy into all our perceptive powers. So that fall to sin, oops, and why can I not write today? That fall to sin has brought what? And uh, this is on our handout um, in our Bible study. But uh, uh, these questions come straight from the 2017 Catechism uh, pertaining to uh, the image of God. The question is, do we still have the image of God? And the answer is, since the fall into sin, we lost the ability to live by faith in God, in perfect love towards one another, and in a proper relationship to creation. In this sense, we have lost the image of God. So, when we are born into sin, you know, we, we very well know that uh, there we have lost the ability to live by faith in God. This is the leprosy of sin that Luther talks about. That that image is uh, tarnished in a sense where when sin entered the world, death crept in, worry crept in, imperfection crept in. Everything reversed to what was perfect and now was imperfect all because of sin and the separation from God. Right? Um, you know, if you're, for you tennis buffs out there, I remember Andre Agassi. Um, I used to be an avid tennis player, really serious, uh, even to the point where I wanted to be like college scholarship and professional, right? And, uh, my idol back in the day was, um, Andre Agassi and his slogan on every Canon camera commercial, right? I remember on prime ticket. I'd always watch those tennis matches on Prime Ticket, defunct now. I think it's Fox Sports or, or something else. But the point is, is that his commercial slogan was always, image is everything. Right? And it, it really does, uh, is relevant here because our image is everything. What is our image? Right? Uh, when sin came into the world, it says right there, since the fall, we lost the ability to live by faith in God. So that image, definitely, uh, in that sense, we have lost the image of God. But the next question is, will we ever regain the image of God that was lost? Image is everything. Now, think about this. God shows us his goodness by his reflection that is of his nature. He shows us how he provides for us, how he continues to lead us by his gracious and merciful and bountiful hand, that everything flows from our Lord. Everything, not just some, but everything. Right? Um, and, uh, and we'll talk about that. The scope of timer. Don't make me forget that. I know you can't talk back to me on this, uh, on this condensed video, but hopefully I won't forget that. But, the point is, is that when we talk about image here, uh, what we're talking about, yes, image, uh, we very well know that because of the fall of the sin, we have lost that ability, but yet, through his creation, we see his grace, we see his goodness, and there in the fall of the sin, we know the story, Genesis 3, and the fall, and the promise, the proto-evangelion, Right? The, that restored image, that restored promise in Jesus Christ from an offspring of a woman, right? The Savior of the world. I don't know why I'm yelling, because I'm here all by myself. But the point is, is that, I don't know, I'm just in a loud voice. I got it from my dad. Anyways, uh, but the point is, is that this is the image, the restored image, See, God is doing all the work. That's the point. From creation to redemption to sanctification, the Apostles' Creed. Read the Apostles' Creed, right? Jesus died. He came to the world to die for everyone. Remember that. Not just for some, but he died for everyone. He died for the world. He died for everyone's sin. And there, uh, by his very blood, he restores us in that image of God. Now, do we fully see that in our flesh until uh, the day he returns? No, we we still continue to battle with our sin, with our flesh, with the power uh, or the battle uh, with the devil, right? Um, But as it says in this question, I'll just read it verbatim. Will we ever regain the image of God that was lost? Yes, in Christ. The restoration of God's image in us has begun, but in this life it is only a beginning and will be fully restored on the last day. Right? And that is the picture as we live in the now and the not yet. That we have, you know, the restoration in Christ Jesus. That fulfillment, the completion of that fulfillment will be on that last day when we will have, oh, it's going to be great. It's going to be so great, I can't even describe how great it's going to be. But every thirst will be uh, satisfied, every tear will be wiped away, right? Ephesians 4.24 reads, This is uh, the image. And to put on the new self, created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. All right. Ephesians 4.24. That true image of righteousness and holiness. And that is your image in Christ Jesus. It is of righteousness and and holiness. And this is all God's work. Think about that. Image is everything. Your image is in front of God right now, is covered by the blood of Christ. Right? Your image is the robe of righteousness that covers you in your baptism. Your image, of course. The foundation of our faith is Jesus' death upon the cross and three days later, his resurrection. This is your restoration. This is your image, right? All this given to you. Think about that. Creation. You didn't decide on creation. Redemption. You didn't decide on redemption. Making you holy, giving you faith. You didn't do that by your own human reason or strength, but you were called by the gospel. By the power of the Holy Spirit through that very preached word, through the word. So, I know I might be going far off the, not the deep end, but, because <laughs> that's a negative connotation there. But really, uh, when we look at the totality of who our God is, not only does He create, but He restores, He sustains, he, he leads us, He guides us, He sanctifies us, He gives us all things. Think about that. Right? It's not just creation, right? Creation is, uh, as we look at the Lord and how he is good and he he gives us all things, right? It, It just cascades down and it just opens a door to all that he has done for us. There's no doubt because your baptism was given to you, just like creation. Jesus was given to you, right? Giving you that restoration from the fall of sin ever since our first parents in the garden. Sorry, I get really passionate about this because it's all about Jesus, isn't it? And and Jesus and our Lord gives us that glimpse of how he works through creation and what that implication is for the totality of our life. Everything is about what he does. He is the subject to the verb. He does all things, absolutely everything, right? extra nose outside of ourselves. The Vita Passiva, the, the, the passive life. Sorry, I'm getting preachy here, right? <laughs> My bad. <laughs> Anyways, sorry. Oof. Just breathe. Uh, as we continue here. So we see the image, and we, we, we know that that image was lost, but yet we are restored uh, by the blood of Christ, by the word and the sacrament. Again, this is not your doing. See, don't you see that? I I can't emphasize this enough. Everything is the grace of God. Right? I mean, you waking up in the morning right now, early in the morning. You going to work. You you might be preparing the day. uh, You might be reading your Bible right now. uh, You might be uh, thinking about what, you know, the plans for the kids and all these things. Every single moment, this is what God gives to you. Think about that. Your faith God gives to you. Your salvation God gives to you. I mean, your life God gives to you. Your, your breath. How many times you breathe in this life? Exhale, inhale. How many times? I don't know. But God knows. He knows how many hairs are on your head. He knows how many heartbeats you have. He is the one, the totality of who you are is under your Lord. Who has given you all things. All right. Sorry, belabored that point. Verse 47. Oh, it's getting late. Uh, Male and female, he created them. So, this is God's design, okay, friends? Uh, So, God created, verse 27, man in his own image, in the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Interesting. He didn't say this about the animals, right? Um, And that's always a question. I I really don't know uh, where to go with that. But, uh, But he distinctively, with man created male and female, right? And this is how God created man. It's through those that sexual identity of male and female. This is what God does, right? Uh, we live in a world right now where uh, you know, this is really a toss-up for many people of of how we see gender. But here, as we rest in God's Word, there we see male and female, there we trust in his design, and there we live under his name. Right, so he created male and female, and there we go. And in verse 28, he says, God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the heavens, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Right? So we read right there, in, in many of the verses right there, God bless them, anatomically speaking, male and female, uh, God made us in certain ways so that uh, we can be fruitful and multiply. I mean, just think about just the intricacies of the human body. And, and again, how is, how, how, what's the word, how, yeah, complicated our bodies are. Every system, every, uh, the, 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 the uh, cardiovascular system, uh, the endocrinology, endocrino- oh, what is it? The endocrine, right? Uh, sorry, I'm not a doctor. or I totally messed up on my anatomy physiology class um, <laughs> in uh, high school. Uh, but we have all these systems in our body, right? Um, and, and they are made uh, from God, Reproductive system uh, to, to uh, be fruitful and multiply. Right? We are made in this way. God made us in this way. Think about that. How, how, how much of an intricate design this is, and God uh, had done it. And in that design, what does he do? He, he gives us all these things as we have dominion over them. Birds of the air, what does it say? Uh, uh, the, every living thing, the fish of the sea. Um, Every plant plant yielding seed, every tree with its fruit, you shall have them for food. So again, you shall have them for food. And this is what? Daily bread. Now, you look back then and you say, uh, what do you you say? You say, uh, wow, that's great that he created food back then for them. But... I want to read you this quote from Luther. It reads, it, pertaining to God's creation. For in God's sight I was begotten and multiplied immediately when the world began. Because this word, let us make man, created me too. Whatever God wanted to create, that he created, then he spoke. For with God there is nothing that is earlier or later, swifter or slower. But in his eyes, all things are present things, for he is simply outside the scope of time. Think about that. Right? I love that. I love Luther. <laughs> That's right, I do. <laughs> but in his eyes, all things are present things. Right? He is simply outside the scope of time. So when, when we see this, Outside of scope of time, you shall have them for food, daily bread. What? I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. Boom. He gives me all things, my, my members, my senses, uh, my daily bread and all these things. Give us this day our daily bread in the Lord's prayer. This is a reminder that ever since the beginning of time, God knew the whole picture, the whole blueprint of this world for what is then, what is now and what is to come. I mean, think about the powerful omniscience of our Lord, that he knows all things, but even more, or aside to that, uh, that he gives to us our daily bread. Everything comes from God. This is the statement here. Oops. This is the statement. This is what God is showing us here in the text, that everything comes from God. You shall have them for food. He gives you all, and he provides for you by his gracious and bountiful hand, daily bread. Again, a reminder, image, God's work, right? God's work, Jesus, daily bread, God's work, creative work, providing for you even to this very moment in time. Think about that. God God does not have a scope of time. He is simply outside of it, right? He is eternal, right? Uh, What he provides, he knows. Again, you know, with all the things that are happening in our world today, This is the great faith, trusting in God above all things, right? And what he gives to us. Think about that, right? That in his eyes, all things are present things. You know, I always think of, uh, 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 what is it? Um, Back to the Future, you know, Um, the DeLorean, you know, Um, Dr. Brown, right? Michael J. Fox, just, you know. Uh, the flux capacitor, right? <laughs> Remember that? Um, it's always going back and forth and back and forth. But no, with God, it's present. So when we hear those words, you shall have them for food in all the creative design of God. This is, this is everything. Not only then, but even now and tomorrow and the future. Give us this day our daily bread. He is speaking about us as he provides for us. Right? Right? So, again, this picture shows us that God is in control. He is all-powerful, and he is the doer of literally everything, right? Creation, redemption, sanctification, daily bread, creation, right? This is what God does, and therefore we live under his name and trust, right, in faith that he is the giver of all things. Okay, I always promise to get these before 35 minutes, so we have five more minutes. Uh, Chapter 2, we see right there. Uh, Verses 1 to 3, right here. Uh, Follow along. Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the host of them. And on the seventh day God finished his work that he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work that he had done. So God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it God rested from all his work that he had done in creation. So, six days after he created the heavens and the earth were finished, what did God do on the seventh day? He rested. Was was he tired? You know, I know for me if I if I hike or if I walk, I I know that uh, my kids I profusely sweat. I don't know what the deal is, but my kids all say, Dad, are you tired? Are you tired? Are you sure are you okay? You know, I'm like, I'm okay. Um and um, you know, is that how God is after his work, his great work of creation? Was he just like, oh I'm tired? I'm gonna rest. I need a breather, you know, (laughs) I need a 10-minute break. Uh no. You know, God God is not saying he is fatigued, right? God is not saying that he is exhausted, right? As us humans are ever since the fall. But rather, he is simply saying, I'm done. Work is done. Work is done. The work of creation is done, and therefore I rest. Uh, But on that seventh day, what's interesting here is this in verse 3. God blessed the seventh day and made it holy. Hmm. What, is, what does that mean? God rested this day and made it holy. Exodus 20, verse 8. Why don't we all turn there real quick. Exodus 20, verse 8. And we see right here the Ten Commandments. All right, The Ten Commandments it says right there in verse 8. Um, Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. Sabbath, rest. The seventh day is holy, right? What does it say right there again? Um, Sorry, I'll I'll go back to it. It says, uh, the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. Resting in the Lord your God. God made the seventh day holy. You, what is your true rest, friends? That's the question here. You know, we go from the image of God. We go from his creation. Now he's done. Seventh day, rest. Why do you need rest? Can you work seven days a week? Raise your hand. I mean, sometimes we, we have to, right, it, when emergencies come. But usually, we try to take a day off to physically rest. Um, and that's important. Your sleep is important. Trust me. Number one thing in life after coffee is I love sleep. Coffee's number one, right? Keeps the heart moving. (laughs) Um, Actually, God keeps the heart moving just to stay with our Bible study here, of course, but he gives us coffee. Anyways, (laughs) um, uh, but sleep, right? Rest is good, right? You need rest, so get your rest, right? Get your proper amount of sleep. Rest, don't work too much. Don't get burned out. No one needs a burned out person because that is useless for each and every one of us to be burnt out. Uh, But um, trust me, pastors, you too. Don't get burnt out. Rest physically, but also, segue here, spiritually. Seventh day for rest. What is this spiritual rest? Right? Uh, It is to hear the Word of God. You know, I I don't don't have the page on top of my head, but um, I, I know Luther would talk about how in this perfect seventh day, we would meditate whole, on that whole day, meditate on the will and word of God, right? To dwell upon his word, his promises. Um... <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, thank you. Uh, you're back. Thank you for joining me today. Um, but what were we saying? <laughs> In this very word, uh, there we rest and, and receive the words of Christ right remember the sabbath day by keeping it holy commandment three, 3 the third commandment right that we should gladly hear and learn the word the preached word right to gladly hear and learn and and, and receive it as the sacred word is right and what is it about the word that gives you rest trust me the devil says what i'm good you're good you don't need to hear the word you just get your rest on sunday watch the football game or Take a day off, take a me day, uh, uh, go shopping and all these things because that you're just get your rest, get your physical rest, just get your rest because you've had a long week. Uh, And and we go down that route and and we say, okay, I'm restful. I'm good. Physical, good. Strong, good. Everything, good. Life, good. But then spiritually speaking, the deception is um, we, we forget that. Now, you and I very well know, especially pastors, I'm talking about myself, if I'm running on my human, human energy, I am done as a pastor. I'm done. I will not last. I mean, it's only been 10 years, but um, I'm not sure if I, if I ran on my human steam how long I would have lasted, right? And that goes for everyone. But the deception is, the devil says what? You can last without the Word of God. You know, this is God's order here. He knows what's good for you. And on the seventh day, he says, rest. Rest in what? This day that is holy, this day that is of the word of God. Not just any word, right? But the word that is Christ. The word that is the will of God, and that is your salvation, your forgiveness, your redemption, from the law to the gospel, as you hear it. There uh, we rest in the holy word of God. Because this is your rest. And your rest is Christ's. The proclaimed word of Christ for you. What he has done for each and every one of you. That he died for you. Yes, he did. That's right. He did. He died for you. He rose for you. He calls you in your baptism. He You rest in His promise of grace, knowing full well that you are forgiven of your sins, and that you live in that restored image of God by His body and blood shed for you on that cross. This is your rest, where the power of the devil is crushed, where your death is no longer a worry, where your sins are forgiven, and, and there you need your rest. Right? And we tell ourselves we're fine without it, trust me. Um, all of us. But yet, as we go back to the word, this day is holy, this day is for rest, this day is for God's word. I urge everyone to hear God's word, go to church. Not because it's what you're doing for God, but rather what he's doing for you. Right? You're resting, that means you're receiving. You're, you're, you're receiving God's word. You're there to be fed full, right? The words of eternal life, the words of forgiveness for you, imparted and declared righteous you are, and that is your rest. And there from the vine and the branches you go. You go in his name, under his name, Under his blood, under his promise, under the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. All right. So, this is God's order. And what do we learn today? Again, this is his order. This is his design. Not me design, it's God's design. And there I live under his order, under his creation, under his restored image, redemption, under his sanctification, uh, under his word, right? This is his good design for you because it is, as the scripture says, it was very good. So remember that this day. Um, it's more than just what he makes, but we realize that he is the maker of the heaven and the earth, that he gives us all things, right? It's all about living under. Our Lord, His grace, as creator, redeemer, and sanctifier. And this is what Genesis 1 really shows us. Trust me, we get that wrong a lot in our sin. We get that confused, right? We think we're the creator. We think we are the, uh, uh, sometimes even the redeemer, like we have to save ourselves. We think we're the sanctifier, as if we can bring holiness to the table ourselves. Don't you see? This turns that over. It capsizes all our misconceived notions, our all misunderstandings of our sin, and it puts God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, full forefront. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, what He does for us. So remember that this day. All right. Let us close. Dear Holy Father, we thank You for this day. We thank You for Your Word. Lord, bless us, uh, knowing full well that You are the Creator, that You have uh, given to us, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who has restored us Uh, and has given us uh, the the great gift of the gospel. Lord, bless us in your word. And Lord, through all things, uh, may this word give us true rest through the image of the invisible God given to us in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, in whom we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, friends, thank you for joining me today. And um, if you missed some of that, please uh, play it back. uh, Check it out. Uh, but please join us next Friday again for our Genesis study, uh, but also this Sunday, live, live service, um, 8 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. If you can make it, great. If not, check it out later. Have a wonderful day, and um, God bless you all. Love you all, and have a wonderful weekend. Enjoy God's creation. All right. Adios, and goodbye. Thanks for listening to this Bible study presentation from Faith Lutheran Church in Moore Park, California. For more information, visit us on the web at faithmoorpark.com.